0: Let's get started. Here is your host, Vincenzo Toscano.
1: Hello, guys. Welcome to another episode of the Commerce Lab by EcomC, the place of everything related to Amazon, FBA, and e-commerce in general. My name is Vincenzo Toscano, founder and CEO of EcomC, and today we bring you another special guest. Her name is Kathleen Booth. And she's a senior vice president of marketing at Tradesworld, which is one of the first operating system when it comes to real-time commerce. And what a better person actually to talk around today's topic, which is just going to be around that, which is what are what are basically the top brands doing when it comes to real-time uh, commerce economy? And what are some of the tools, what are some of the strategies, tips, and things to avoid when it comes to dealing on this type of real-time economy, right? So let me not delay this further. Let me introduce you and bring you to the show. Kathleen, how are you doing? Thank you for coming.
2: I'm great. Thanks for having me, Vincenzo.
1: It's a pleasure. I mean, I think it's it's great to have you today. I think what we're going to be talking today is going to be very interesting because we all know that e-commerce is growing at a very fast pace. And I think understanding how we can keep a uh, or business basically updating on a daily basis and make decisions based on that and the data that we get is going to be key in the long term uh, but however before we jump into the today's topic i think it's going to be very important for audience to just learn a little bit about you how you got started into the commerce uh, what does the company does so they can have a, a bit of understanding on that as well yeah
2: yeah absolutely so um Hi, everybody. Uh, (laughs) I'm Kathleen, and um, I, let's see, I guess really my e-commerce journey began about oh 15 or more years ago because i i founded and owned a digital marketing agency and that's great you know we did a, a variety of things for companies in all different kinds of industries including e-commerce companies um, and it, it was really centered around how do you grow your business so demand gen yeah. and advertising and events and all all kinds of things along those lines um, i sold that company in 2017 and went in house After that, And since then, I've been head of marketing for a variety of different um, early stage companies, several of which are in the e-commerce industry, not so much selling as e-commerce, but more servicing e-commerce businesses. That's really what brought me to Tradeswall, which is, as you said, it's an operating system for e-commerce brands, and and it's all about helping them succeed in the real-time commerce economy
1: that's great that's great yeah i think to be honest uh, i had a look at the website and all the services that you guys provide i think that's going to be the future i think having a some kind of software and uh, interaction with your business is definitely the way to go, because I feel we're reaching a point that there are so many data points that it's very difficult for a single person, even a team to handle and manage it in, in 24-7, right? I think that's amazing what you guys are doing that perspective. Um, now, I think my first question, just to start transitioning into the, today's topic, it would be if we can start by briefly just explaining to our audience what is really real-time e-commerce and how e-commerce brands should basically start implementing this on their daily basis when it comes to managing their business. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So I, when it, we talk about real-time commerce a lot, the real-time commerce economy, and it can sound like a buzzword, but really it's, it acknowledges that e-commerce moves at incredible speed. And so, yeah. you know, in, in my past, I've worked in, in B2B demand gen and e-commerce demand gen. And they're very, very different because, and I'm not telling anybody anything they don't already know, but in e-commerce, you know, your website is your, your sales team. It is, it is the business, right. And your ability to generate um, not just leads, but actual revenue from your digital channels is the entire business model. Unlike B2B marketing where, you know, you have a more, let's call it um, nuanced, funnel and 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 revenue generation model and where yes there are elements of it that move at real time speed you know algorithmic elements like if you're doing facebook ads or google ads but there are also elements that don't move at real time speed and that's why b2b marketers do things like webinars and lead nurturing campaigns and they have the benefit of time their sales cycles are longer in e-commerce it you know you live and die by the mm-hmm. revenue you're able to bring in through your website and and there has never been more opportunity, which is so exciting for e-commerce. Um, there's so many channels now for, for selling, you know, whether those are direct-to-consumer channels or marketplaces or retail channels. And but the, and then there's also so many marketing and advertising channels. Mm. But while there's never been more opportunity, there's also never been more complexity. And you alluded yeah. to that. And, and the, part of that complexity is driven by the fact that there is just so much data, right? Yeah. Um, But it's also driven by the fact that a lot of these channels, our sales and marketing channels and, you know, our retail and marketplace channels, they're so algorithmically driven. Um, Hmm. And to be able to compete and win in an algorithmically driven ecosystem, you have to move as fast, if not faster than the algorithms themselves, which is essentially means, analysis, and decision making and action all needs to happen in real time, because that's what's happening with the algorithms. So that's really the genesis of that phrase, real time commerce.
1: That's amazing. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think nowadays, uh, I mean, it used to be that maybe five, six years ago, people were were focusing just on one platform. But nowadays, you can be selling on Amazon, Walmart, Target, you have your own website, you have eBay. So it's it's madness the amount of data points that you get. And I think it's essential for sure to have some kind of algorithm or at least a hub where you can have more high-level vision of what is happening in your business. Because we have worked with clients uh, that they may have multiple channels, but because they don't have some kind of algorithm to to teach them and basically give them the high-level data, they might be losing money on three out of the five marketplaces, but they just can't realize about that because they're just not inside each of them in depth. You see what I mean? With yeah, software, and I think so. we're,
2: we're living in a really interesting time also because layered on top of everything I just described is are these other factors, including, you know, there has never been a more complicated supply chain situation yes. than there is right now. And we're also, there's a lot of buzz in the world. Nobody knows what's going to happen in the next year, but there's a lot of talk. Are we entering into some sort of global recession? You know, there's so much uncertainty and so many, so much volatility that it makes it really hard, I think, for e-commerce brands to do their jobs well and to balance all the opportunity with with all the challenges. And so, um, you know, I think in the next two to three years, it's going to be more important than ever for brands Mm -hmm. to be focused on optimizing, not just around growth. Um, and some of the top line metrics that I think brands have really looked at in the past, like ROAS, for example, yes. on ad spend. Um, that's very top line. When we're entering into this time of uncertainty and potential recession, you as a brand, you have to be focused or, or, and optimizing, algorithmically optimizing your business mm-hmm. around what's going to drive net profit margin, because okay. that's gonna be what determines whether you're a brand. That doesn't just survive the next few years, but actually thrives and kind of comes out on top. And so that's that's why I think it's so, so important right now to to have all this data, to be able to harness it, to move quickly and to be able to take the actions necessary to optimize for profit as well as growth.
1: Yeah, totally with you on that. I think. Yeah, everything that that you mentioned makes total sense. I I think just to bring something to the table in terms of what is usually the feedback I get whenever I also explain this to my clients and people are speaking in the space is that when when we talk about this transition from being maybe everything in house and then transition to using a software tool or an algorithm tool or everything that basically is going to allow you to handle everything more on an automated basis, I think there is always the concern of. If uh, how to do that transition from going from not having anything to actually integrating your business with AI and a uh, whole software that's going to basically do recommendation changes to your business. So my question just to uh, touch on this is how how, how do you usually see the, the transition or what is usually the first steps a, a business should do to do that jump from not having anything to do with real-time e-commerce to integrating that within their business? Yeah.
2: Yeah. So I think there's, there's a couple of levels of this conversation. There's obviously like the conversation about the software and the tools, which we can get to, but it's more than that. It actually has to start with, with kind of culture and alignment within the company. And so we actually did research last year where we um, surveyed, we worked with a third-party research company to survey more than 300 e-commerce leaders around like the top challenges they were facing and what they thought it was going to take to succeed in the, in the coming years. And it was very interesting because three themes really emerged from this and they relate very closely to this topic that we're talking about. And those themes were data unification, alignment, and speed. And so um, I'm going to actually start with alignment first because sure. I think it fuels the other two. And and what that really refers to is that with e-commerce, you know, you have different types of companies. You have your direct to consumer companies, which are really born digitally native. And then you have perhaps other types of companies that maybe were born to service a brick and mortar world or a marketplace Mm. world and are then expanding. And and we've developed this concept we call the e-commerce maturity model. And it really looks at this evolution from. You know, that companies take, particularly the ones that are not D2C, uh, or that don't start as D to C, where they start and they think of e-commerce as a project within the company.
1: Yeah. Um,
2: and then they move and it's e-commerce as a center of excellence within the company, like a department or a team. And then e-commerce that is woven throughout the fabric of the whole company. And if you think about it, like D to C brands start in the most mature place. They've already got e-commerce woven throughout the whole company. Yeah it's the other brands that are sort of playing catch up. And so I think the first thing to think about is really like that that notion of how how integrated are we as a company in terms of our approach to e-commerce and is it is it looked at as a project within a department or are we really thinking of it as a company-wide initiative? And when, when it becomes company-wide, that's when you're really poised, I think, to optimize for this new world of real-time commerce because to do that well, it can't just be your marketing team yeah. looking at advertising data. You have, to yeah. have, you have to have the whole team inputting finance data, like cost of goods sold and landed costs need to be a part of that equation. Otherwise, how do you optimize for profit? And your inventory and logistics data, do we know that we're going to have enough product to fulfill the orders we're getting through our ad campaigns? Mm. And then obviously the marketing and the sales retail channel data as well is important, but like getting the whole team aligned and on board with the notion that we all should be looking at the same data together and making decisions together that's actually harder than it sounds <laughs> yeah I mean, for I'm sure a, i'm ahead of marketing and if you came to me and said i you know you need to be looking at the same data as the cfo sometimes that's scary because i feel be like i don't know if i want the cfo asking me about my ad campaign performance and so it's it's getting on the same page that alignment is needed but also putting some guardrails around that and understanding that each team is still going to own the decisions around, you know, it's it's area of expertise. So starting there with alignment is really number 1.
1: Yes, for sure.
2: And then you can proceed into data unification and that's where I think the tools and the software start to become interesting because most brands have solved this in the past with what I call a Frankenstein monster approach. which is they might have some tools. Like there's a lot of single channel tools out there that are very good. For example, tools that are great if you're just selling on Amazon or just Shopify. Where it starts to get really messy is when you're on more (laughs) than one channel. And that's when you see e-commerce teams maybe using a tool, but they still have to download stuff into spreadsheets and make sense of it all. And it is a huge time suck and it's very hard to have an apples to apples comparison of how like one product like let's say i'm selling this cup how is this cup performing across my d2c channel and on amazon and in walmart mm. that's really the hardest part and yeah. so that's where i think when you you have to ask yourself are you going to be a single channel seller as a brand in which case great look for a single channel tool that will solve this for you or if you're going to be multi channel that's when you have to start really thinking through How much time are we spending spreadsheeting? And when you do like a cost benefit analysis or a value analysis, and you look at perhaps onboarding a paid tool to solve this multi-channel issue, you know, if it's going to save your team a day, a week, there's not a lot. Financial savings there, it's a hey, what are we going to do with that newfound time? Because that could go into product innovation or into further optimization. So I'll stop there because I just talked a
1: lot. Yeah, no, I mean, that's amazing. I just love what you're just explaining and everything. I mean, it's, it's great. And I totally agree with you 100%. I think, it, especially the data unification side of it. I think. That's a huge one. I totally agree with you, what you just mentioned around the spreadsheets. Sometimes we get clients, they say, okay, eh, we have this data from a Walmart target, eh, all the marketplaces. And when they try to unify everything, it is, it's a mess it's because a you have <laughs> different metrics, different ways to see your profitability, different fees, each platform, different conversion rates. I mean, yeah, it gets very complex. And I think for sure, having a way to... So, to see this more at a high level is for sure going to be the future. And I I think not just that, I think also having the option to help uh, to use that algorithm to give you suggestions based on on the data, right? Because maybe you can find out that for some reason Walmart is not as profitable as Amazon because this, this, and this. So, you can make some adjustments on the advertising, on the supply chain, and you can fix the profit, bottom line profitability just by doing a few changes, right? So, I think that's a huge one for sure. That's yeah. actually
2: the most interesting part to me because I what I learned in talking to brands is that, yes, they have this complex challenge of trying to make sense of the data, but a lot of them actually don't want another tool that just gives them more data because... Yeah. It's like, it's, it's like another source of stress. They're like, I'm getting, more I don't know what like. to do. I don't know what yeah. to do. With it. Exactly. And so, and so the last piece, the speed piece. So I already talked about alignment and data unification. The speed piece is around taking away the stress and the noise around having all this data and really solving that last mile for the brands and Essentially, surfacing actionable insights that tell them what to do with the data. So, great. You, we're we're going to show you the performance of this product across three platforms. Now, we're also going to if if we can also tell you using algorithms or AI that you should change your bid on a certain ad campaign, or you're going to run out of inventory, so maybe you should stop promoting something, or perhaps you should bundle things differently. Um, Or, you know, using cohort analysis that customers who come in via a certain discount have a higher LTV, like all of a sudden that this starts to give you the power to move faster and cut out all that analysis time and just move to action. So it's like cutting the time from from data to action is, is is that last mile that really sets the best brands apart from the what I call the strivers. So. Um, there's a there's a sort of taxonomy of uh, stri- survivors, strivers, and thrivers. And survivors being the ones that are doing the bare minimum. They've got the spreadsheet. Yeah. They're mm-hmm. just keeping their nose above water. <laughs> and then the thrivers are starting to really begin to solve this. And or sorry, the the strivers are starting to solve this. And the the thrivers are the ones that really are moving at that speed of real time commerce
1: yeah i mean yeah 100 percent. i think a lot of businesses are gonna for sure going under if they don't adapt and we're starting to see that already i don't know if you have seen aggregators struggling nowadays with so many brands Uh, i mean it's it's a thing that's becoming each day more complex and i think if we add on top of that external factors such as the war that's happening right now the supply chain issues, the expensive shipping costs. So all those things for sure, if you don't have something, as you mentioned, data fusion in terms of combining all the data, you're you are playing blind. So you're just making decision, guessing, um, and just hoping that it works, right? <laughs> yeah, it's
2: interesting that you bring up the aggregators because, you know, those are really complex business models where they're really, you know, it's not just the complexity we already talked about. It's it's exponentially greater because you multiply it by however mm. many brands that they're working with. And I think there is a tendency to focus on the feel-good metrics. And that's why earlier I mentioned ROAS because it's really easy to prove ROAS. It's easy to yeah. measure And that's something that's within the control of the marketing team, right? And I'm a marketer. We love that. (laughs) If it's it's a metric that's 100% within our control, we really like it. And the danger, though, is that you can have campaigns with, with fantastic ROAS, but they're still really not contributing to profitability. And this is where I think a lot of these aggregators are running into problems is they're doing a lot of volume, but it's not necessarily contributing to profit. And yes. so we've seen, you know, we've seen all kinds of issues with SPACs being canceled. And,
1: yeah. Oh,
2: um, yeah. So, I, you know, I won't go into it further because yeah. I'm certainly not an expert on the, on the
1: <laughs> yeah. you know,
2: IPOs within aggregators. But I think I can see where it would be a huge problem because a lot of those companies are under tremendous pressure, blah, pressure to grow from their investors. And, y- you know, you see it also in B2B a focus on growth can definitely come at the expense of profit. But we live at a time and we're entering a time when I don't think we can afford to do that any longer.
1: Yeah, for sure. And not, and I think just to add on top of everything that you just mentioned, I think one big issue that is happening, for example, with desegregators and people that are managing multiple brands at the same time is that their growth was so fast that they didn't have any time to basically integrate some kind of real-time commerce uh, software or solution within their business model. So everything was done by their team and then they eventually need to seek third-party solution, things like that. And everything got more complex with everything that is happening. So I think that's where the bottleneck is for sure. And I think they are realizing and making the change now. Yeah. But um I think now that we have touched all these topics, I think it would be also nice now to bring to the table Tradeswell, which is the company you work for, which I think is actually the perfect solution for everything we are talking right now. Right. So if you if, if you can bef- basically just explain briefly how we can integrate this with our business, what are the benefits? Um. Yeah. Just uh, summarize around that. Yeah.
2: Sure. Yeah. I mean, this is exactly the problem that we're really trying to tackle for e-commerce brands. Like we're we're passionate about um, helping e-commerce brands grow in a way that is profitable and scalable and sustainable. And so um, we believe that that starts with giving them back control over their data. Because, you know, we live in this time when marketplaces, um, you know, have your data, your D2C platform has your data, your, you know, the walled gardens of Facebook have <laughs> your data and, and you're sort of beholden to them in yeah. whatever format they're willing to give it to you. Which, is, which can make understanding the performance of your own business really challenging. And we've covered that ground, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it. But mm-hmm. but we just fundamentally believe passionately that as a brand, you should really have control of your data and be yeah. able to use it in a way that empowers you. Um, and so that's really what we're trying to do. And, and it is an operating system for e-commerce. And what that really means is it pulls all of your data in from your various channels. And so currently we integrate with Shopify, Big Commerce, Amazon, Walmart, Target, Ulta Beauty, Facebook, Google, Klaviyo, Criteo. We have TikTok coming in the oh, next week. That's
1: good. Yeah. Um,
2: so all of these different channels and, and more coming. I think we have something like eight more integrations planned in the next two months. That's great. Um, we pull it all in. But we don't just pull it in. The, the real magic that happens is we have something called a product graph that mm-hmm. uses um, artificial intelligence and machine learning to normalize the data at the SKU level. So That's we great. build kind of a PIM um, on the back end, uh, but it's really a PIM in service of insights as opposed I to see. content management. Like most PIMs are, are content management systems. Yeah. Ours is more of an analytics and insights engine. And so we pull all your data in and we're able to tell you this cup. Literally, you can look at a dashboard and see how it's performing across all your different channels with all of your different ad campaigns. That's right. We pull in cost of goods sold, landed cost data. Um, we have some inventory and logistics integrations with more coming so that you're able to start to really build forecasts. Um, and what makes it so powerful is We have dashboards for your retail team, for your marketing team, for your operations team and your finance team. And so it's built so that everybody in your organization like has a place within the platform to come and see the data that matters the most to them. Um, But we're really digging deep for the marketing user at the moment and just, you know, cohort analysis and LTV and it's multi-channel. So I don't think anybody else is really doing. Yeah,
1: it's unique. That's why I want I wanted you to explain it because I think it's amazing. And I mean, we definitely need something like this. I, I see every day so many people struggling with so many channels. And I think TradeSwell is for sure a great solution when it comes to the 100%. Yeah.
2: Well, it's exciting to hear. I mean, and we're we're really trying to make it accessible. So we're very transparent with our pricing, and we just released, for example, a Shopify app. I think our lowest tier starts at $99 a month. Yeah. So you know, we're we're very passionate about making this accessible to any brand that needs it. Um, and of course, we have different levels based on you know how many things you're integrating. But I think anybody can get started and begin to yeah. to try it and see. So.
1: That's amazing. Wait, well, Kathleen, I think today's episode was great. I mean, I, I want to start concluding today's episode now and, and give you the thank you for coming. I appreciate your time. I know you must be a very busy person with everything that's going on right now. But thank you. I think everything was very valuable. And um, for sure, uh, can you please just mention how people can get a reach on you in terms of if they want to ask some questions about the platform, how they can sign up? Yeah, anything that you want to share to the community.
2: Absolutely. So, um, you can get more information at tradeswell.com. Um, and if you have any questions, you're always welcome to connect with me on LinkedIn or on Twitter, uh, on Twitter, I'm Kathleen L booth, um, and LinkedIn, I'm pretty easy to find and I connect with everybody. So I will definitely, um, answer any questions you have, but yeah, check us out at tradeswell.com and we have a 30 day free trial so you can kick. Okay.
1: That's great. I'm going to make sure to add all those links in the description so it's easier for people to find, okay? But, yeah, thank you, and definitely see you on the next one. Uh, Yeah, take care, okay?
2: Thanks so much for having me, Vincenzo.
0: Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to The E-Commerce Lab by EcomC. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. While you are at it, we would appreciate it if you could leave an honest rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. That will make it easier for others to find out about the show and benefit from it. Want more? Visit our website at www.ecomc.com where you can get your first consultation for free. Or find us on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn at ecomc.